0: We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We're back on track, on the floor, scoring Morris 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never looked sharp, but we're
1: Hubert You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts... Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Chip Murphy here, I'm Matt Castillo, and we'll jump right into it as free agency has begun. July 1st was the first day. It's been a very active free agency already. We see some of the big names, guys that we typically expect to take maybe a week or two, 10 days, I don't know, I'll tell you this, it's not ideal for a radio personality guy because we are hoping that these guys would milk this. So it gave us something to talk about for the next, I don't know, week, week or two, you know. And now that, you know, Chris Paul, Paul George, LeBron James, they're already signing. I'll tell you what, it's not ideal because we've got to wrap it all up already and then we're going to hit the, the boring summer of being able to talk about baseball. And then, yeah, that's basically about it. We have some fun segment ideas. So life as a radio man right now, this is not ideal at all, but it is what it is. And now what we're going to focus on, of course, is the New York Knicks free agency. Chip, we we hear reports the Knicks are not looking to be very active in this year's free agency. Uh, Anybody they're signing, they're looking to sign veterans to one-year deals to kind of keep cap space down for next year, which is a bigger uh, free agency class. And the Knicks are expecting to be actively shopping in next year's free agency. I know talking to some fans today, they're upset. It's been a long time since we've seen a winning team out there. And every free agency, they want to see them get a big name. Uh, But before I give you my take on it, Chip, How do you view what the Knicks are doing, their approach to kind of slowly signing some guys this year, one-year contracts, and looking to do it big next year? What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I like the approach. First of all, I think it's the right one. I think they're not going to compete this year, especially without Kristaps being healthy. And I like that Steve Mills uh, came out and said uh, in an interview, I think it was with Stephen A. Smith, that we're only looking to sign guys to one-year deals, and that's the firm line that they've taken. So they're not looking, up to, they're not looking to clog up their salary cap room for 2019. Uh, I'm fine with that. Right. I think signing stopgap veterans and uh, project players like uh, the guy they just signed Uh, Mario Hazonia, who we'll talk about later, Uh, I think those are the guys they should be targeting. They shouldn't be looking at getting tied into any long-term deals. So, uh, I think it's a good strategy they're taking, and set your eyes on 2019. I think it's smart.
1: I agree with you, Chip. You know, one of the things, like I mentioned, the fans are just upset, and and rightfully so. It's been so long, so anytime you hit free agency and there's some names out there, you want the Knicks to be shopping. You want them to bring these guys in. But unfortunately, if you look at the reality, look at the big names out in the free agent market this year. You know what the percentage shot of the Knicks landing one of them was? Zero. They were not going to get LeBron James. They were not going to get Chris Paul. They were not going to get Paul George. You know, DeMarcus Cousins still kind of floating around there. They're not going to get him. So you have to be realistic. And I know it's tough because you want to see them go after some of these guys and just put a winning product on the floor. But, again, this is the first time, and I know some of the guys that I was talking today said they don't really trust what the front office is doing right now. And, you know, that's the opposite for me. I I trust them. I think they have a plan. And for the first time in a while, at least it's clear. And they're they're open about it. They're not just being hush-hush and... And just letting fans suffer, they're letting us know, look, this year, no, we are not buyers. We can't be buyers this year. We're trying to set up for next year's free agent class, which has the names like Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, according to reports, we're tied to. And I can't lie, my hopes are are a little bit up right now. I can't help it, you know, get Uncle Drew in New York. You know, having Kyrie Irving in New York would be huge. And the only way that's going to be possible, if if the Knicks are doing what they're doing right now, just freeing up much cap space, filling out this team with one-year deals, guys you're not tied into a long time, and all that money gets freed up, and you can invest in it in guys that will actually help us win, I think is very smart. I know it sucks that we're waiting another year, but Chip, as you mentioned, you know, Prazingis right now is going to miss some time, so we're going to be missing him. And what's the point of bringing in a piece right now, or even a second-tier guy right now, when that that guy's not really going to help us compete for anything because our best player is on the shelf? So it, it makes sense when we're back at full strength to possibly look at, you know, Kyrie Irving. I, I, I know reports are saying that if Kawhi Leonard's a free agent. His eyes are set on the Lakers, but you know, it's supposedly his—I believe it's his stepdad that is trying to convince him to come to New York. Maybe in another year or so he's able to do that. Who knows? It's a possibility. And it it just makes sense for the Knicks to not be buyers this year. And I know it's hard. It's another year that we're we're kind of taking a backseat. But in the long run, it will make uh, the most sense. And and it's just fans have to be patient and, and trust. This front office, and I know that's hard to do because, Chip, you know it. I mean, the, the past front office have not really done the Knicks right, but, you know, I think this this time around they got guys that kind of seem to know what they're doing, and with, let's wait it out and see, uh, you know, what we can do. And, and Chip, I want to ask you about Kyrie Irving right off the bat. He's a guy that's, you know – possibility for the Knicks. How much do you buy into that? Do you think that's a, a realistic opportunity?
0: I think it is because he's from the area. So I think he'll take a meeting with them. I think he's going to explore all of his options. So he's already said he's not going to sign an extension with Boston. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I think look, the Nets opened up to max cal- uh, max salary uh, slots for 2019. <clears throat> one of those is obviously because they have their eye on Kyrie. Uh, I think Kyrie is going to give them a meeting too. So right. uh, I think a lot of teams are going to be in on Kyrie. Uh, the, I've seen reports that Boston is kind of nervous about the things that he's been saying. And they feel like he may not be a lot to return. That's why they're not making Kerry Rozier available in trade talks. Right. So I think the Knicks have a better shot at him. <laughs> Than they would at say Kevin Durant or something, you know.
1: Yeah, I think there's a reason why Kyrie has not signed uh, an extension yet. The, you know, all that is done for a reason. He he's weighing his options, and I think he wants to look at a place that he may want to play. He wants the decision, not you know. He got traded to the Celtics. Not that he wouldn't consider Boston because it's. I would find it hard to. Think I wouldn't want to play for the Celtics with the team they got right now. They're going to run through the East for years. If they lose Kyrie, that hurts them a little bit. But you know, there's nothing wrong with him wanting to at least take a look and see where or what he can do. Maybe team up with somebody else. Um, It's it, it. He hasn't had that opportunity yet, so you know he's going to want to take a free agent. You know, exploring. And not get locked up right now. He wants the opportunity to kind of see out and test the field a little bit. And one of the things, again, I was talking to fans uh, today uh, on social media and these fan pages. And one thing they were saying, well, the problem is there is no guarantee that we're going to cash in in 2019 or even 20 and and get some big name free agents. And, And we talked about this before, that it seems like the Knicks selling point is come play In New York, the greatest city, blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously, that's just not working. Guys are not buying into that. They they can go to other big cities and and, and win right now. What do the Knicks got to do? Maybe this year. Is it just show them the money? Feed them the money? Or or they're going to have to... Przingis comes back, perhaps, and shows, okay, you know, he's played maybe the the back end of the season, uh, but he seems healthy. He seems like he's good to go. What do you think the Knicks are going to need to make free agents wanna go there next year?
0: Well, I think David Fisdale has already been a big selling point. They wanted a coach who could be in the room with uh, free agents who can sway a free agent's decision, you know, and the Knicks were competing with other teams to get Hazonia. You know, they competed with Portland and Memphis and Sacramento. So Yeah, it it was – I think Fizdale is going to be a pretty big weapon in free agency for them because like he said, just saying, hey, we're New York. We're the Big Apple. We're the Mecca of basketball now isn't enough. Guys can go anywhere and be huge stars. Russell Westbrook does Mountain Dew commercials in Oklahoma now. Right? Giannis is Giannis in Milwaukee. It doesn't matter where you play now. Just being New York isn't enough.
1: All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here in segment number one. Uh, when we come back, we are going to get into one of the moves the Knicks made. So we'll we'll share our thoughts on that move. Uh, so we'll be back in just a short break. Hi, everybody. Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. All right, welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, segment number two here. Uh, the Knicks made a small little move. In free agency, and Chip, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you fill in the details on that. Who who did the Knicks sign?
0: The Knicks agreed to a one-year, six and a half million dollar deal with Mario Hazonia.
1: And you may be wondering, why did he pass with the chip there? Why did he just say that? You guys know I don't do names. I can't. Why did the Knicks gotta sign people that I can't pronounce <laughs> their names? Okay, so I'm referring to him as Mario. In about two months, I will get his name. I was just practicing it. Chip was like, you're not even close, dude. I said, screw it. <laughs> you're going to have to do it. Uh, so I don't do names. It's hard. That's a, It's too many. I don't even know. I don't like names. Mario, Mario. that's what we're going to go Mario. with. Super Mario. Yes. Yeah, so, Mario. So Super Chip, Mario. Chip, this guy was a lottery pick, I believe, uh, in the same draft as Christophe Fazingas was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, tell us a little bit about this guy. Is this a good signing for the Knicks?
0: I think it's a great signing to take a flyer on the guy for one year. Yeah, and it's been talked about. Snap Perry has history with him. He was in Orlando. He drafted Hazonia. so he knows he knows the guy as well as anybody. Um, I think that is definitely a, well. It's definitely a big part of this. Um, I, there's literally a no downside to making this decision. Um, if he hits then maybe, look, they're not going to get a, a top-five kind of player, but if he hits, then he can be a, a pretty good player for them. I think he's a guy who has some upside. He averaged, what, like 9.6 points last year, and uh 40 44% from the field. Um, but he—I uh, wrote this about him like, the, the jury's definitely out because— he, was, he had an awful sophomore slump, and he's a really type player supplier, and that doesn't speak well for the Knicks. Uh, but, look, there's a lot of room for improvement. But, um, look, I, I like to sign him because there's no downside to it. It's just a one-year thing, and he's on a prove-it contract He's, you know he's going to play as hard as he can for next year when the cap goes up and he's going to try and make as much money as he possibly can for himself. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good year. Um, I'm sorry to all of you Michael Beasley fans. This probably means he ain't going to be on a team next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, but to me bringing in Hazonia makes more sense than bringing back Beasley anyway, because we may with Hazonia, we may get a guy who could be on the team for the next five years. We don't know. Right. But yeah, I, I definitely like the signing just to just, I guess he was interested and just see what you got in the guy. I mean, who knows? There was a reason he was drafted in the top five. He does have some talent and he's shown the ability to, um, to score too. I mean, last year he had uh, six games. So he had the best year of his career last year. It, it was, I actually looked it up. He had six 20 games last year, 20 point scoring games. And in his first years, first two years combined, he had two 20 point scoring games. Wow. So it was really an increase. As a sophomore, was 13 points. That's brutal. Right. <laughs> I mean, just hard. he had a horrible sophomore slump. It, it was dreadful, and like I say it's tough to get a read on him is because it's hard to tell if he was a. The, uh, they were such a bad team, a bad offense in particular. It's hard to tell if he was a good stats on a bad team guy. Like, yeah, he scored nine point six points. But buckets in like garbage situations when they're getting blown out or right. you know what i mean like somebody's got to put the ball in the basket it's hard to tell and you know it's like when michael carter williams won the rookie of the year award in philly when they were like the worst team ever and you know he's stunk since right it's, it, we'll we'll stay up close how good this guy really is next year i guess
1: you know my my thing with the number one once again i can't pronounce his name i would new rule Only sign guys who have names that are easy for Mitch, Mitch, that's my radio name, um, for me to understand, all right? I mean, or or pronounce, I should say, okay? They can't, his his Zonia, I think that's the best I can do. I don't know. It doesn't sound great. Anyway, you know, that's rule number one. But, you know, looking at this, I remember when he was drafted, Chip, and his first summer league game, he had this, like, breakaway dunk. And everybody just went crazy over it and talked about how good this guy's going to be and, you know, just drooled over him, you know. And and the next thing you know, as you shared some of his stats, this guy was not even a big part of their rotation. And now I do obviously watch around the league, a lot of the teams. And I did notice that this year there was an increase in production. Uh, And, you know, like like you said, Chip, why not take a chance on him? you know, a lottery pick, and it fits what the Knicks are trying to do. Right now, they're just trying to find some kind of young pieces. They're in as many young guys as they can and trying to see. Any of these guys can pan out and just seem to have some kind of impact with this team. So it, the philosophy, get younger. So I know a lot of people are disappointed in Michael Beasley. I love the production that the Knicks got for Michael Beasley. But he is going to be over 30 years old, 30 years old, right around there. That doesn't quite fit the "let's get younger type trend. So is this guy where Michael Beasley's at skill-wise? Probably not. I I acknowledge that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is it, it at least fits their plan. They're bringing in as many young guys as they possibly can and... They're just trying to see if they can find a young core. Why is that important? Well, we talked about this several times on the show before. If you have a core of young players, what that helps you out with is attracts free agency. If they see, okay, this group of young players are performing well, they just need a veteran or a a superstar to come in and and help them finish, and, and I can my game can go well with what their strengths are on the court. We see it all the time that why is Philadelphia an attractive place right now? Well, because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, young talented stars, are potential stars, and they have other young guys that can help out. Why was Los Angeles a good place? for LeBron James. Well, gee, look at all the young players that can potentially, A, become trade bait. That's a possibility. You can use these guys to get some of these big-name superstars and form that, that big superstar team, or perhaps you continue to develop these guys, and if it works out the way that you think it's going to, well, then you have guys that could potentially be the ones that kind of take the keys from LeBron James, when LeBron James is no longer the best player. He may have some periods where he's, in a couple of years, where he's not awful, but he's not the LeBron James that we saw this year. And these young guys, by then, year three, year four for them, they should be able to take on a bigger role. And when you see that as a potential free agent, then what you get is an opportunity ...to attract more free agents. So the younger that you can get... ...and the more production that these young guys can give... ...obviously we have Brzingis... ...he's going to miss some time... ...but he's he's right now our biggest selling point. But what if, what if Trey Burke continues to do... ...what he did at the end of last season? Or you get Mario to come in... ...and he shows to be a nice piece. All these young guys that we have... ...on this roster... ...if they show some kind of promise... ...I think, and I asked Chip right before... What, what can the Knicks do to appeal to free agents? Well, Some of these young guys could be the ticket. They just want to show that, hey, we are productive. You come here, we can complete this thing. So I, I think what the Knicks are doing, getting younger, and at least following that philosophy, is making sense. As much as I like Michael Beasley, it doesn't seem like he's going to be coming back with this signing. But in the end, I, I think it's a solid pick. If it doesn't work out, guess what? We invested only a year. What I mean, that it's not that big a deal. We didn't lose out on anything, and we can just move on and continue to try to build, continue to try to bring in a uh, big-time free agent. No harm, no foul. So we are going to wrap it up right here for segment two. When we come back, me and Chip Bowles are going to reveal our number 10 on the list for top 10 all-time Knicks, so we'll do that in just a moment. Hello everybody, Mac is still the co-host of the Nick's State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast here, the final segment. We introduced this a little bit last week where we talked about it. what me and Chip are going to do during this very boring off-season time when there's there's not a lot of big news that comes out uh, with the Knicks right now, and there won't be because we're not going to be very active in free agency. Uh, So what we came up with was a list of top ten best Knicks. And it's our list, and again, we encourage listeners to participate in this, like last year with the Nick Ultimate Team segment that we did, and tell us your 10th guy on your list. Uh, So we'll start with you, Chip. Who is number 10 on your list?
0: Number 10 for me is a guy who some people might be surprised by. A lot of people are a little split on him. Uh, because of his role now, some people don't really like him anymore, but he was a favorite of mine growing up, and that is uh, Allen Houston. Okay. Um, he was with the team for nine seasons. He was on the best Knicks team in recent memory, uh, in my opinion, and that was the 98-99 team that went to the finals against Spurs. And he was the... Uh, he was the well, not the leading scorer. I guess I think Spreewell averaged more. Yes, yeah, Spreewell averaged more points technically, but he was he was uh, the guy who who made the uh, winning shot against the Heat in Game Five with point eight seconds that pushed the Knicks through to the second round when they were an eight seed against the Heat as a one seed. That was back when first round series were, uh, best of five. And, uh, that was also when the Knicks and heat just couldn't stand each other and absolutely yes. just got into fights and like every single game. And that good was old huge. Days. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days of the NBA, depending on who you talk to me and you would, yes, that's a good old day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was just, he's iconic for that reason. Um, he's, uh, all time Knicks records. He's second in three pointers made. Uh he's fourth in points. Uh he played on the Knicks for nine seasons. Uh he's sixth in total minutes. Um, yeah, I just think he's I think he's actually a little underrated. He doesn't get talked about enough. You know, I think John Starks gets more love than Allen Houston because and I love John Starks, but Alan Houston was a better player. Right. John Starks was just, you know, John Starks was more New Yorkish. That's why he gets, I think, more love. Alan Houston wasn't the defender that John Starks was, obviously. But uh, Alan Houston did so much for those good Knicks teams. I think it's a shame that he gets remembered for that contract that he sent. I mean, <laughs> he no one forced the Knicks to give him that money and then. You know, get hurt and have his career end due to injury. But yeah, I think it's a shame that he gets more remembered uh, for that terrible contract at the end of his career uh, than for how good he was in his prime with the Knicks. Um, yeah, he uh, he came, yeah he came to the Knicks his fourth season. We forget he played three seasons with the Pistons at the beginning of his career. Right. You always think of him as just a Nick. Well, yeah, nine seasons in New York, came there when he was 25, according to – I'm looking at a basketball reference right now. Yeah, he – yeah, for me, he's definitely one of the top ten, and I went through it a lot. And I just – I couldn't put him any higher than any of the other nine guys that I had on there, but I, I thought about it for sure. But, yeah, for me, he is ten, um, and I, I just really – I was always impressed watching him play even when I was like a kid. So he, he, he did a lot for those teams. So,
1: you know, we, we did not talk about this and I like that. We don't for a reason to kind of just, so we, we don't know going in, but me and you have the exact same guy at number 10. Really? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Allen Houston is my 10th guy on the list. Uh, You know, some and I'll mention this when we get down to nine or eight. That this guy, I thought about going here, but I settled on Allen Houston. I think it's a very appropriate, um, you know, spot or or spot for him because I agree with you. Some of the best recent teams from the Knicks, you have to go all the way back when he was on it, and he was such a huge piece for the Knicks. Uh, You know, I think he became one of those guys that kind of. Perhaps maybe even started the 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 line of bad contracts for the Knicks. If you remember, you know he he got a hundred million dollar contract uh, in two thousand one with the Knicks, and I know that next season he you know he averaged twenty two and a half points per game, so you got a little bit of it. But you know with all the injuries that he suffered through, um, you know it turned out not to be the greatest contract because he was a little overpaid for what the Knicks had to deal with, with those injuries. But when he was on the floor and when he was on healthy, or, or when he was healthy, he was very productive, uh, two-time all-star. So, yeah, I, I think this is a very appropriate pick for number 10. I considered some other guys, and I'll mention them when we get there. But I settled on him, and, I, again, we, we talked a little bit about this when we did our ultimate team, uh, where I put him... On my, I, I believe he was on my team. But we, we, I remember we were talking about him, and you know he was one of the players that I grew up watching as well. um You know I had his jersey. You know watching him shoot the basketball as a kid. You know when you have your little, you know six foot hoop that they have. You know whatever company makes that. You know what I'm talking about Chip with that, you know little rubber bouncy ball type thing. Um-
0: the, i can't think of it right now. i can't now, think no, of the
1: name I, either but every every kid no, has I one can't. you know the one that yeah. goes up to about six feet you know and then when alan houston was on he was one of the guys that i would try to emulate and get his shot down and try to shoot like him and pretend i was him so i'm right there with you i was a big fan of him so he's he's making number 10 on my list and i feel pretty good about that it's a pretty good list or start to the list Uh, But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show for this week. Uh, Next week, we will reveal number 9 on our list, so you do not want to miss that. Again, please tell us who would be number 10 on your list, some ways you can reach out to us. Of course, our Twitter page, which is NYKSOM Podcast. You can also find us, the Nick's Data Mind Podcast, on Facebook. So reach out to us, let us know. The more interactive uh response we get with our fans you know we, we talk about that on air helps us out a lot and we love hearing from uh the listeners and i think it's a pretty cool you know segment right here where everybody else can kind of come up with their list and and see um you know if we agree if we differ it's always a lot of fun so again reach out to us and let us know what you think but that's all the time we have. We will be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast.